Hi guys, you are listening to Val on your favorite cup of coffee. Welcome. I am trying to manage these quarantine antics, but it's not very easy because, um, you know, certain people aren't picking up their phones, but it's fine. You know what? We live. It's just all a part of growing. I hope everybody's doing okay. I'm doing extremely well. I have a kitchen full of my mom's cooking. I'm really not upset about much in this life. Um, so today I want to talk about film and I want to talk about all the movies that I want to write because fun fact, I'm an aspiring filmmaker. And the only reason I do not say filmmakers, because I feel like that's disingenuous. I don't feel like I'm an actual filmmaker yet. All of our professors always tell us, well, if you're making films, you know, you're already filmmaker now. Now, because if I go talk to Ava DuVernay right now, I'm going to be very embarrassed with what I have to show her. But I'm comfortable walking up to her and being like, hey, I want to be you one day. Like, I'm totally like an aspiring Ava. And like, pretty much with all of this time, like nothing but this time to like work creatively. I've just been like, like drafting movies. And honestly, it's like the most fun thing on the planet. Like, other than like, like for me sitting down and like, outlining a script is pretty much the same thing as like sitting down and like doing an oil painting or like a or like a charcoal drawing or like it's literally like my form of art it's like this it's like it's like podcasting it's like I'm I just really love it and in my personal opinion there is no art form more difficult to at least for me than film like I can act I can draw paint pretty much hold my own with anything other than creating a film the technical skill that goes into we'll get into that all right i'm definitely a natural storyteller definitely not a natural techie it's fine that's fine that's why we go to school we got this so i personally my favorite type of film to talk about write about watch anything is documentary i love documentaries i like all types of documentaries like i like watching documentaries about stuff that i don't even like like i'll sit here and watch a documentary about anime i'm not i what i think the as far as my anime expertise goes is like pokemon does that count that's definitely anime right who am i even talking to it definitely is okay like I would sit here and watch four hours of an anime documentary. Like, I specifically like documentaries having to do with taboo subjects that, like, people like to pretend don't exist. Like, like drug addicts that also double as soccer moms. You know what I mean? Like, we all know that meth and heroin run rampant through the suburbs, but nobody likes to talk about that. I love documentaries about that type of stuff. Like, I like documentaries about, like, functional alcoholics that, like, run the world. It's like, oh, no, all y'all are drunks or cokeheads or whatever it is. Like, I dig that. So I love writing documentary pieces, so I feel like my career is going to be riddled with that. And, um, okay, the four pieces that we're going to talk about today are one I want to make a documentary about my dad and I want to make a documentary about my mom and then I want to make a documentary about them together because obviously they were two whole entire people before they met each other but like in the scope of my world they're like a homogenous blob so like I want to preserve the integrity of their identities and like do kind of like a three-part thing so like first will be my mom because she's older sorry mom throw out a woman's age like that I mean I didn't I just you're older than dad um and then I want to do one about my dad and then I want to merge it not when they get married but I want to merge it um I want to merge it in starting in 2010 when Haiti suffered from that horrible, horrible earthquake. And I will get into that later. 
Um, I also want to do <clears throat> a four-part documentary about my time in California because I was there for four years. And thank you, Netflix, for normalizing the docu-series because I feel like that's so much more up my alley, like something where you can like separate it into like four to ten parts because a lot of times my story is just entirely too long for 90 minutes. And I want to just do a part for every year. And then I want to do like an actual like coming of age story about the black diaspora and like I mean in America because like that's the only scope I can really write from and I want to encompass all types of I want to encompass like all different types of people like I want almost everybody to be able to look at themselves and be like oh like I see myself in that like I want to talk about like all the different types of classes in the black community and all the different types of ethnicities and all the different types of sexualities and genders and like but I don't want it to be like a like a like a lecture like I want it to be personal accounts like I want it to be personal actual stories maybe tweaked a little bit for palatable and editing purposes but you know what I mean and the fourth film that I off top want to write is actually fiction I just want it to be some type of fiction I haven't really uh flesh through that but that's definitely on my list so because I'm an artist and I don't believe in anything linear or doing anything linearly we're gonna go backwards so the fiction piece that I want to write I feel like okay the ideas that I'm stuck in between and again I would like to reiterate to everyone this is not my jam okay I personally am a much better storyteller when I have somewhere truthful to bounce off of. And I think that low-key, everybody, at least everybody that I work with in my artistic and creative network, they all agree with me. Like, documentary is easier, and I think that it's just because there's, like, a, like a place to start. Like, when it's like, oh, come up with the story out of thin air. Do you know how many experiences come together in, like, 20-something-odd years? Do you know how many things I've read, watched, noticed, gone through? I could come up with literally anything that's too broad so in my little Haitian mind what I've landed on is one I want to write something about witches in Haiti and they form a coven like literally together to travel to the states because it's quite that difficult to become a citizen in the United States that they have to enlist black magic almost like a like a little mermaid and Ursula type deal and they become media moguls in the USA but it's like but at what cost and pretty much the movie is about like all of like the twists and turns that go in on that which is like when I first came up with that I was like wow like like what like where did what but like the more I sat on that I was like yes that just needs to be fleshed out a little bit now if we're sitting there thinking like okay Valley that sounded really weird again I'm a document documentary is definitely my thing so the other movie that I was thinking about and honestly I like this idea way more despite the cultural connection to the first one is that you have a girl right and she's a meth addict and she, it's on the streets, you know what I mean? She ends up running with her mom, okay? And her mom's also an addict. And she doesn't know that she's running with her mom, but the mom knows that it's her. The mom becomes overwhelmed with guilt after they are running for a while, and she kills her. I know, right? It's, like, wild. And honestly, if that's honestly more so the one that I'm leaning towards, just because I can, like, actually see how I would film that in my head. And the first one is a little bit uh, choppy, <laughs> if I do say so myself. 
And I honestly want to do an experimental film. I know that I would be good at it. I just like have tried making them. And like, mind you, I didn't have like any help and I was completely by myself. And it was like my shitty like $60 tripod and stuff. But like, I still liked the final product for what it was. So I definitely want to do something experimental. I just have no idea what, none at all, none whatsoever. And again, do not judge me. Okay, it's called fiction for a reason. But I would totally watch a movie about like a meth addict that like her mom kills her out of guilt. Like that is juicy. Like that's saucy. But that is pretty much the whole rundown on like my fiction film career in my head thus far. On to like more personal matters. So my coming of age, first of all, I feel like black people, black girls specifically, Black feminine presenting, black femmes do not have a coming of age story. We literally don't. Like, the only coming of age stories, if you can even call them that, like, they're always based around, like, slavery or, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, the very specific type of stereotype. And listen, I understand. I, listen, I completely understand the importance of movies that highlight the way that the black American is treated. However, we've seen that movie and we've seen it at least 10,000 times. And there are definitely different experiences of black people that matter in America. Now, I want to blend all of them together as many as I can, because I don't think that as many diasporas exist in the black community. Like, I don't think you can fit that all in film. When I say diaspora, I literally mean all of the differences, whether it be socioeconomic or ethnic or uh, based on gender or sexuality, pretty much anything that creates a subcontext for a black person. So... Think about all of the different combinations of people that exist. Like, I want to, I kind of want it to be like Euphoria, but like a little bit grittier and obviously like not a show. So like, I want the, I want every single letter of the LGBTQ. I want a story with one of them. I want a story with queer identifying people who half the time they, they, they identify as women and the other half the time they identify as a guy. Like, I want to talk to black disabled people. I want to talk to black kids who have a white mom and I want to talk to black kids who have a white dad like I want to talk to Nigerian immigrants and how they blended blended themselves in America I want to talk to Caribbean immigrants and how they blended themselves because I want to see how much their experience mirrored mine I want to talk to different black Americans of varying tax brackets and I want to talk about the people who wanted to be a part of a different tax bracket and never could or are proud of their tax bracket or ones that were proud of where they came from and are still proud of where they came from and have completely landed somewhere different like I want to talk to a black person whose parents were deported by Trump like I want to hit every single black experience that I possibly can edit it the best way I can throw an amazing soundtrack in the back and just like watch people be educated because I don't think that people understand just how much goes in to all of this sociological stuff that I decided I needed a degree in So, okay, I'm really about to expose myself. Whenever I talk about, like, my time in California, literally whatever, like, whatever time I'm talking about, whether it's when I first got there or how I left or anything in the middle, no matter who it is, literally everybody is like, please write a movie, like, please. And I'm like, yeah, no, like, trust me, I know. The only reason that the good Lord Jesus Christ would have had me up 
over in California is literally so I would have an endless font of inspiration to write from for the rest of my life. Do, do you know how rich I'm going to be? Oh my God. Anybody that mistreated me, I'm about to be so rich. You have no idea. Like you don't understand. Like you guys don't get it. Like it's not even like me trying to like, oh wow. I, no, no. Like there was never a calm moment for four years straight. There was not a calm moment. Like this quarantine is as calm as my life has been since I turned 21 years old. Like you do not understand. We'll get, we'll get to it. So, hmm. So, um, like I said before, I want to do a year per part because I want it to be a four part series. I think that's split up beautifully already. And again, shout out Netflix for normalizing those docu-series because we never used to do that before Netflix. Fun fact, Netflix literally revitalized how we um, consume media, but blah, 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 uh, media nerd. So, okay, the way I want to set it up is that I want every part of the series to be quote-unquote through the viewpoint of and then the last part of the series to be quote-unquote through my viewpoint because I feel like a problem I've had my whole life is that I am like super malleable and I like people see like where I can fit in the mold for them really quick and I don't really even notice that that's happening until it's already happened like it's not really like a purposeful thing but it's just like I know what people need when they need it so I end up being literally whatever anybody needs whenever they need it and that's like a very exhausting role so I feel like after all of this time in California I'm not doing that anymore I'm only seeing things through whatever lens makes me happy or that I want to see things through not in like a tunnel vision type of way but more in like a productive self-actualizing type way and I want the first part to be from the viewpoint of a law school dropout and I want the second part to be from the viewpoint of an enabling best friend. And I want the third part to be the viewpoint of a shattered girlfriend. And I want the fourth part, like I said, to be my own viewpoint. So that's how I have it broken down. So I don't know if I like, I don't know exactly what part I want to start part one at because sometimes I want to start at like me taking the LSAT and like, applying to 52 law schools unsure if I would get in anywhere but part of me also just kind of wants to like start like on my in my first day of Cali so I'm still kind of trying to iron that out but part one I pretty much want to go over like law school and how just detrimentally horrible that was to every single facet of my health and like how I thought that, that was the happiest in the world I ever was until everything came crashing down and how I was like misusing like partying and money and like access to like the bars and the clubs being like next door to my house and like just pretty much just like nothing but time because it's not like I didn't understand the law classes. I didn't really have to study as much as everybody else. I just didn't like it. Like I just didn't want to be there. But um, pretty much just like me going through it before I even knew how bad I was going through it. So like, and I honestly feel like enough stuff happened. Like it was filled with enough bad choices that I could just start from when I, yeah, I think I just decided that it's, this is going to definitely start at the beginning of Cali. I feel like I spent enough money, got enough pets, did enough hair changes, made enough painful interpersonal choices that, you know, 
maybe a slight romance with the professor. I don't know. But like, I feel like enough happened for sure that that could definitely be a very meaty part one, especially when it ends in an expulsion. Like, that's always great. So part two would be called and an from the viewpoint of an enabling best friend because I genuinely feel like that was like my main identifying characteristic after I got expelled. Like, so obviously we would start at the expulsion and like that initial shock. And like, you guys remember that scene from Alice in Wonderland? I, I believe once like, I guess the shrooms kicked in and when she like was falling down that hole that was spiral, like that was, that was me. Like that falling down that spiraling hole, that little rabbit hole, that was me for like, a year and a half like legit like I was just like going through the motions I couldn't even like like I can tell you specific stories about stuff that happened but I wouldn't be able I cannot actually recall like a specific day from that time I just know for a fact that it happened due to the bills and you know the trauma so I think that part two is going to like be centered around like how all of like the many peers that I'd made throughout law school like completely fell away and like I fell into like a full-blown depression and like didn't know what I was doing and like working retail which is like totally depressing in itself and that's stressful and um I think that because like my friends were like in law school and kind of going through the motions too, but their motions are different. Like going through the motions academically is different than going through the motions when there's no like goal in mind. So like, yeah, they're going through the motions, but they still have class in the morning. Like they're still gonna go somewhere versus me where it's like, I mean, I just have to make it to a shift. And, you know, compared to professional school, like working retail was, yeah, it was not that challenging. So it just made for like the perfect setup for me to just be the most enabling friend ever because I wasn't trying to like sit at home by myself the only like two or three days I had free a week. I'm certainly not trying to like sit at home and look at the bunny and be like, wow, let me just think of all the ways that I failed you. Like, I'm just, you know what I mean? You're not trying to do all that. And sometimes slash all the time when you end up being a chronic enabler, you're going to find somebody who needs you to chronically enable them. Like, being best friends with somebody who was a domestic abuser and another one who struggled with alcohol like I don't think that either of them were horrible people to begin with I feel like they just like went through things and we all go through things but like the things that I was going through did not need to be exacerbated made worse by the things that they were going through but good thing it happened because now I have a great part too so I mean thanks for the trauma and honestly like, when I say enabling best friend, you guys have no idea how comfortable people are when they see the one person in the room that's not doing anything, not drinking, not smoking, just sitting there, like, just sitting there on their phone. Folks get very comfortable, and they feel very safe, and I'm I'm gonna make sure that's very clear throughout part two, for sure. Also, I, I really had no idea, but um, I'm definitely gonna talk about herpes. I don't have herpes, but a lot of people in Southern California have herpes. Apparently, it's like a huge thing. So I would love to be able to sprinkle a little little bit of sexual education on top of this for sure. Like, why people get tested? Like, what is good with you guys? Moving on. Okay, I know, like, earlier I said that part three was going to be, like, through the viewpoint of a shattered girlfriend. But I don't, like love that wording but I don't want to say like a battered woman because that's like disingenuous but like I don't know I have to figure it out like uh, 
whatever. That's why we're here, right? We are talking this through. You guys are my writing studio. That thing that like Tyler Perry doesn't have because he doesn't want to pay his writers. LOL. Okay. Anyway. Um, I mean, to be honest, I'm still fleshing out part three and I don't feel like really exposing myself on Al Gore's internet this way, but just know, um, yeah, yeah, part, part three, I mean, part three is gonna hurt, (laughs) so I don't even want to talk about it, but long story short, make sure you know who you're dating. Okay, so part four, through my own viewpoint like that's gonna talk about like me traveling home and like seeing all of my friends again and getting into film school and like reconnecting with people and honestly I feel like this quarantine is like kind of a blessing in disguise just for me artistically because that's the perfect way to end it like me leaving California moving 3400 ish miles overnight pretty much what is it? 3,100? Whatever. Literally in five days, packing up my entire little car, shipping it and catching a flight with nothing but feelings in my back pocket, recording the whole thing for a film that I'm making for class. Like, I think that's a perfect way to end it. Like, yeah, flies home for a quarantine because it's like, oh, that's like a happy-ish ending, but not really because like this quarantine definitely isn't like a happy ending. So that's my four-part series that I want on Netflix I have no idea what it would be called because as we all know as artists the title's always the last thing to come so on to my last one I want to write three documentaries slash a three-part series about my parents because like I said before they were totally people before they were my parents but at the same time like they totally weren't like my whole life like I've known them as my parents So I kind of want to like honor that in my brain. And I want the first doc to be about my mom and about how like, like how she had like 10,000 siblings literally. And she was like in charge of all of them, but she was still like on a pedestal and like the total private school princess and stuff. And then um, I want to talk about how like she met my dad and then got married in Haiti like they knew each other for a while and then they got engaged and got married in Haiti and then how they came to the States and how she got into law school and then like my parents were like well somebody has to like actually stay home and raise the kids so that's when she decided to do nursing instead and then um, and then I want to talk about how she got diagnosed with her connectivity tissue disease and how that changed everything and I want to talk about how she like took intermittent breaks like staying home and like working and then working and like staying home for a few months and and then like landing us to like her now being in her 50s and moving around more than even I do seeing like 29 patients a day like goodbye and then I want to write my dad's starting it like in his upbringing in Haiti and like with his five brothers and his one sister R.I.P. and like his private school experiences and stuff and like talk about how he knew my mom forever but like then they became a thing and him going to Colombia and getting a 3-9 language that like was his like fourth language while he was working as a taxi cab driver at night like what the hell and then going to Penn State for medical school and then Johns Hopkins for his residency like that's a story right there and then the Navy and then eventually on to philanthropy because of the Haiti earthquake in 2010 and that's when I want to combine the stories because I feel like one 
Like, obviously, you know, they get married. They're my parents. My parents are still married. Like, you're like, duh. I want to write about it from the standpoint of the earthquake because I feel like a lot of people know about it because it was on the news for like ever, but people don't really understand like the intricate misery that people went through and still go through because of that earthquake and all of the ripple effects that that earthquake did cause and that everybody is still dealing with from it. So, um, I want to fuse the story then and talk about all of their and talk about the reaction to the earthquake and like looking for their family members and like throw a little bit of ethos in there and then talk about my parents foundation that performs free medical procedures in Haiti they travel with a team of like 30 healthcare professionals four times a year like healthcare students like it's incredible and they do it completely on their own like my parents just like thought about this like in their house and then just like if you know my parents they thought about it so then it was a thing and I think that it makes for an amazing story and who better to write it than the storyteller of the family I think on top of that I want to do like a completely different piece about my little brother um he is he is 22 and he has a high functioning form of autism and I feel like there's so much ignorance out there just in general about anything that is seemed to be abnormal, but especially autism. And I feel like, honestly, he has one of the best hearts, if not the best heart out of anyone I've ever met. Literally a genius, is so creative, so talented. And I feel like being a cross-section of like a Haitian artist with autism like that's like a great story like that's like a great story and I want that written from his viewpoint not from the viewpoint of his sister because frankly my whole career is going to be written from my viewpoint we have years for that like all of these are from my viewpoint I want it from his viewpoint phew literally like 25 minutes later that is a small teeny tiny glimpse into all of the different things that I want to write and direct because literally different ways for how I'm going to tell stories just run through my head all day. It's exhausting being me. Thanks for listening, guys. As usual, you can access me on literally any podcast listening device that exists out there. What are they? Apple Play? I don't even know. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Golly, CastBox, Alexa-enabled devices, Deezer, like you name it, I am there, okay? So, thank you guys. I hope everybody's doing okay. Screw this quarantine. Love and light.